श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय पक्कीनूर परिवार की जय गौर भक्तवृंद की जय गौर प्रेमानंद गुड इवनिंग वेलकम नाइस टू बी विथ यू हाउ मेनी स्पीक इंग्लिश how many don't speak english you won't you won't raise your hand you want to pray me don't speak english right little bit okay so i'll speak in english nice nice song uh, uh composed by bhakti vinod thakur and i i wanted to sing it because it speaks in the end for those of you who have been paying attention about what Bhaktivinoda Thakur um considers here to be the essence of dharma he says krishna nam jibedoy sarva dharma sar so the sar the cream or the essence of dharma is is the chanting of krishna nam and kindness to other living beings and it's a little bit on my mind because um of the current world situation that becomes unfortunately more and more difficult to ignore um as uh, in in these days there were times where it was easy to ignore and uh, had less power if you will to bring one out of one's budget and spiritual practice and, and spiritual focus and take notice of it mm-hmm. so from time to time it would seem that um, the force of world situations has that power and it causes us more than at other times to pay attention to it, think about it and so forth we can see this for example in the early writings of, of prabhupad in his spectacular magazine just after the world war 2 and so forth um, um, how the world was something couldn't be ignored as regularly <clears throat> and of course looked at from spiritual vantage point and so with regard to this and current situation it was very um uh encouraging to me and very um uh enlivening in a sense encouraging to see in particular how uh namrasana was uh so uh, engaged and i'm sure with some others as well other uh, members of the community here and extended uh, version of the community in poland uh, uh, to uh, rise to the occasion of the need of the refugees and engage in what is arguably referred to here by uh, takur bakhtibnodes the doy kindness to other living beings and in speaking to me about it and her engagement in that and some of the reactions that she was getting both positive and negative from the devotee community i uh, commented to her at, at some length um about uh jibadoy and i i thought we would talk a little bit more about that uh tonight um but we do so 
if you will, through this a beautiful poem of Thakur Bhakti Vinod. It takes us at first, arguably in another direction where he sings about the virtues of uh, Godrum. Maliya Godrum. Maliya Godrum, in Godrum. Nityananda Mahajan, the great person, Nityananda Prabhu, has, uh, he says, as he does in other poems of his, uh, begun a marketplace for the distribution of Krishna Nam. Hmm? So we start there. I think here that um, well in another song, Bhakti Vinod Thakur sings, Surabi Kunjete Name Hat Kuleche. So this then refers to a particular place within Godun, Surabi Kunj. This is one of the um, places of Bhajan of Thakur Bhakti Vinod. Surabi Kunj was the first place that he established a kutir, a hut, a residence in which to, a simple residence in which to uh, absorb himself in, in Bhajan within Godrum, which is of course one of the dweepas, one of the islands within Navadweep. Then from there, he acquired a place that he referred to as Sananda Sukhada Kunja, right nearby. That's where his, his deities of war are established. It was a meeting place uh, often for discussion of the Bhagwat, led ostensibly by himself and attended by Kishodas Babaji Maharaj, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, some say even Jagannath Das Babaji would attend at times. So quite a, 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 a spiritually powerful place given the, uh, the, the power of such devotees and what uh, comes from such uh, an assembly there in that place in Svananda Sukhara which which uh, there in that place also from the rooftop and probably more couple envisioned the actual birthplace of in Mayapur and went forward based on that vision uh, to establish with great difficulty the, uh, the actual birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, confirming it as he did empirically as well with geographical maps and histories and so on and so forth. So, um, two very uh, significant places for us in, uh, in Navadweep within Godrum. Hmm? Given that Bhagavad Thakur is the is the really the kind of grandfather of, the, uh, of our uh, Paribar, as we refer to it, Paribar means the family, the community, the lineage. Um, when students of Bhakti Sarasvati Thakur were uh, out and about, and asked what was their Paribar, and they referred the question to. The Gurude Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he told them to reply, Bhakti Vinod Paribar. Draw Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was uh, a 
he received uh, Harinam, Mishinga Mantra from Bhaktivinoda Thakur at the Thakur's request and insistence and with the persistence as well from Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur to pursue the insistence and recommendation of his father, Bhaktivinoda Nisnam Guru, he eventually melted the heart of Gorbachev Das Babaji Maharaj. And not that his heart wasn't already melted, but in relation to Saraswati Thakur, he was kind of turned off to the world and to even the worldliness, but Gorbachev Das Babaji, that remained within devotees that made them less in his estimation than sincere and serious and worthy of spending time with, such as his internal uh, sensibilities, <clears throat> made him look a little hard-hearted on the outside, perhaps. But in another way, also appeared like this. Um, as an aside, it's worth uh, mentioning. Pujapachita Marsh said that sometimes Saraswati Thakur, in his uh, enthusiasm for Shuddha Bhakti, in the midst of many misrepresentations of, um, of that bhakti, Uttam Bhakti, would sometimes pound his fist on, on the table as he was speaking, and his face would become flush and red, and as if angry, and some of the disciples thought, oh, Gurudev's getting a little angry. Problem. Gurus should not lose their temper, <laughs> but they should use it sometimes. That is another thing. And uh, Pujapachira Marsh said that at that time, I could understand the meaning of Lotus face. His face would become pink. <laughs> it was very beautiful. You could understand that, that his heart was, there was actually an expression of the softness of his heart, not could not tolerate the idea of people on the one hand, not having the opportunity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation. And on the other hand, and worse, that much more, having had the opportunity to be, to have it been misrepresented to them. Mm -hmm. This was, this, this was heart breaking to him. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so at any rate, he, uh, was able to melt the heart in relation to himself and 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 convince Gorbachev Babaji of his own sincerity and purpose and so forth, who ultimately shared with him the uh, mantra diksha. And given the fact that, uh, formally speaking, Gorbachev Babaji Marsh was was uh, tied to the uh, Advaita Paribar in Bhaktivinoda Thakur to the Nityananda Paribar. It's a good question on the part of the public and then the disciples who were asked the question, who then asked it to their guru, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. What's our Paribar? <laughs> How do we answer this? You've got, in other words, Gurudev, you have a guru who is in the Advaita Paribar, and you have a guru who's in the Nityananda Paribar. Mm -hmm. So, 
heavily answer, and this was his answer. You, you Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, you would tell them Bhakti Vinod Now I've mentioned this before, uh, but it's worth um, perhaps repeating. Um, that being um, the fact that we see a precedent, a uh, number of precedents for that matter, um, for referring to one's paribar in terms of an associate, a, a, a great devotee who was not among those associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with whom he descended. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's eternal associates, Nityananda Prabhu, Advaita, Galadhar, Shivastakur, Rupsanatan, and so on and so forth. Um, they, many of them started, if you will, lineages like streams coming from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And so typically the Paribars are named after those associates or the, if you will, the kind of the fountainhead of a particular uh, line with its peculiarities, its idiosyncrasies, its differences, its uh, nuanced uh, interpretations of the same teaching, which is considerable if you ever get into it and start to see extended family of the Gaudiya Sampradaya. It's probably more different than it is one in many respects. We do emphasize the, the bed over the abed, if you will, in the equation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, through which there's the possibility of, of Rasananda, right? If we go only to the abed, the non-difference, you, know, you have to have enough difference that, that there will be an opportunity for interaction and exchange the, of the, we refer to as, as rasa. So, uh, there, there, anyway, there's a lot of difference within the Gaudi Vaishnava, and it's the beauty of it in one sense, right? Mm -hmm. So, one tree and many branches, and different flowers, and different size fruits, and some of them are sweeter than others, perhaps, for different reasons, for different people, mm -hmm. right? So, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's, uh, it's quite uh, uh, variegated, and I think it's beautiful. Um, when I was younger, I didn't think as much in that regard. And there, of course, there are some um, misrepresentations of the teaching. That, that, that that's another thing. Mm -hmm. um, but there uh, there are many beautiful uh, and varied representations. Mm -hmm. So uh, the precedents that I'm referring to. Of course, uh, within, let's say, strictly within Gaudi Vaishnavism, we have Shamananda Paribar, we have Naratam Paribar. And Naratam and Shamananda, they were not present in, in Gorlila at the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's manifest Lila. They came afterwards. Uh, and Naratam Thakur was, of course, initiated by Lokanadas Goswami, who along with Dup Sanatan, was also commissioned by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to excavate the places of Krishna Leela in, in uh, Vrindavan and um, other such uh, services. Very significant uh, member of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's associates and he has a line, first disciple and only disciple in which his 
uh, well, obviously his own personally, is Narutan Thakur, who then, by contrast, had many thousands of disciples, traveled to East Bengal, West Bengal, to Assam, uh, to Manipur, uh, and so forth. All you see sometimes in Vrindavan, the Manipur Vaishnavas come with their own differences and idiosyncrasies, all followers of Narutan Thakur. So, here we have an instance where, because of the contribution of uh, Narasim Thakur being so significant, touching so many people um, in his outreach, his, his, his very extraordinary um, uh, literary work, which in Prabhupada's words constituted uh, taking the complex teachings of the Vedas and putting them in poetry and song for um, they might be readily accessible, understandable, recitable, and so on and so forth. So a huge uh, figure in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And so it's become a fashion amongst the disciples in the line coming from Lokanath Goswami to refer to their paribars giving the external, based on internal realization, but external developments in the Sampradaya that were so notable. No harm. Lokanath is very happy for that. It, might, it would be called the Narutan Paribhava. <laughs> and on the other side, from a more internal, extraordinary, uh, or development extraordinaire, we find Shamananda Prabhu, who is in Nityananda Paribar, coming from Goridas Pandit, Gurudai Chaitanya, and uh, then uh, Duki Krishna Das, right? turned into Sukhi Krishna Das, and turned into Shamananda. You know the story of Shamananda Paribar. Uh, well, it's referred to as Shamananda Paribar, you know the story of Shamananda, most of you, I believe, how he is very extraordinary and stands out because of internal um, developments. He was simply sweeping the dam and uh, he found a bangle, hearing a bangle, a nupur or something, and a jewel, and mystically a uh, fair lady appeared and said, that belongs to my mistress. Thank you very much. <laughs> Pressed it on his forehead leaving an indelible uh, kind of tilak mark that was different than the uh, tilak of his sampradaya, and different than the sentiment, the bhava of his uh, sampradaya coming from Nityananda Prabhu Goidas Pandit Sakiras lineage. And of course, there's a wonderful many different stories uh, related to that, but it, it speaks about a very extraordinary internal uh, uh, event, spiritual internal event. And so uh, he, uh, his line is not referred to as the Goridas Pandit Paribar or even as the Nanda Paribar, but as the Shamananda Paribar. So there are some examples. If you cross over, of course, to a contemporary of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu um, uh, coming from the um, Vishnu Swami. Sampradaya, Sridhar Swami, we could call it Sampradaya, the Sridhar Swami, who was the famous Bhagavad 
time commentators, so respected by Mahaprabhu, referred to by the Goswamis in all their um, their commentaries as well. Um, the prominent person in the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's contemporary from that line is uh, Balabacharya, and you often hear the Balabasampradaya. Balabasampradaya. It's actually the Vishnu Swami Sampradaya, but his contribution was extraordinary, even in his own estimation, <laughs> according to Chaitanya Charitamrita. That's another story. But uh, um, um, where Krishna Das depicts him as kind of a, a duck among swans and sticking out a little bit. Uh, but there, there were good and valid reasons for that that Mahaprabhu um, um, acknowledged and, uh, and, and uh, gave his blessings to him also in his own, uh, own lineage. Mm -hmm. um, so there are precedents for such. Someone might say, well, why not we make it the Bhaktivedanta party bar because Prabhupada did so much. And you could reason like that. But um, by my Guru Maharaj used to say, this is the movement of Bhaktivinoda. Mm -hmm. um, Maharaj used to say that it, the, the vision came in Bhaktivinoda Thakur and which was the vision to place Gaudiya Vaishnavism on the stage of the world's religions, basically. Christianity and uh, Buddhism, Hinduism uh, is there, and Catholicism. And rather than simply be content with the fact that Gaudiya Vaishnavism is, in, in a broad sense, part of Hinduism, leave it at that, he wanted the Gaudiya Vaishnavism itself to be on the stage as one of the speakers and uh, was confident that if it had a voice, hmm, it would uh, take the, the uh, take the prize, so to speak, or, or, or be that religious tradition which uh, validated others within itself and reached beyond their trajectory um, as well. And so, so it's a big idea. It's a big idea considering that at the time, Gaudiya Vaishnavism was not even respectable amongst uh, educated and pious Hindus in Bengal, where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is, is forever um, the most extraordinary Bengali you know, figure. Uh, it was become a little bit mythical, you know, over time, and so forth. But never replaced by a Ram Krishna or uh, any political figure um, in in the minds and hearts of uh, of the Bengalis. So um, that's a big. How will you do that? <laughs> Take it from such obscurity. Hmm? and give it such notoriety. But this was the faith, the conviction of Bhaktivinotapa, that, that it was possible. It indicates uh, the depth of his own experience of what Gaudiya Vaishnavism is and, and how well thought out his um, argument uh, for the um, the depth of the insights of 
the Chaitanya Sampradaya. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was, of course, just happened to be positioned, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, in such a way, historically, that the modern world couldn't be ignored. The modern world did come to India long before Bhaktivinoda Thakur, at the time of the Copernican Revolution in Europe. Mm -hmm. Those insights did filter into India and the traditionalists, the religious charges and so forth, he, he had to deal with it in some way in terms of how the Copernican perspective, which was a, what do you call it? A solar heliocentric, heliocentric uh, perspective, how that uh, corresponded with, contradicted, how that worked with the Puranic cosmography cosmology um, and which was the prominent uh, if you will scientific or uh, perspective on what's out there the main focus of course of the Hindus was what's in there <laughs> and who, who you know what's out there and who's asking the question well they thought who's asking the question is more important what's out there um, so they their emphasis is much more on the latter and appropriately so. Nowadays, of course, the common, the, prom, the prominent uh, perspective is how to uh, fit consciousness within matter. Hmm? Because we know that matter is here. Consciousness, it seems to be there, but we can't see it. Uh, so how to fit it inside matter, which is, which is what is real. This is this is just very uh, unempirical, <laughs> because empirically speaking, we should start with what we know. We should start with what we know, and then go from there to determine what else we might know. <laughs> so what what do we can think? Well, I know there's a seat here. I know there's a table here. This is what I know, but I don't know consciousness, but all that knowing is what consciousness is, right? The knowing, all we know is our experience. We know that we experience. We're not even sure anybody else does. But, but everything is, so it's, it's, that's empirically speaking. This is what we know. We know that we know that I experience. And from there we should, then proceed. What else is real? Hmm? So the Vedic point of view, and it's not one that is uh, dismissed by any means altogether, even by philosophers and, and members of the philo-scientific, if you will, community today, it, it still has some power and um, is uh, uh, gaining popularity, albeit more modern interpretations of it or ways of talking about it. That way, that, that, that thing that's being talked about, again, the idea that consciousness is uh, real and out of it comes matter. How to fit matter inside of consciousness rather, how to, rather than how to fit consciousness inside of matter, right? How to fit non-experience inside of experience rather than experience inside of non-experience. 
that doesn't that definitely doesn't doesn't work. Um, and these are this is a very core basic idea of the schools of Vedanta, all of them, something that we should be grounded in, especially in the course of our progress where we find there's difficulty making progress. We find there are other ideas and thoughts and, and uh, manifestations of the world that are uh, having an effect on us, drawing our attention and so on and so forth. And, and, and giving rise at times to doubts. This you should not doubt. This you should not doubt. This is rock kind of solid bottom ground of reality that's very, very difficult to get away from. Your, your tradition in this sense does not lack any logic or rational thought. Indeed, it is most rational to conclude that reason has some efficacy, some power to, to, uh, to reveal what's true. But what I'm saying is, if consciousness is really only a product of the brain, and there's nothing but physical forces, then just as there's no right thing to do, wrong thing to do physical forces are just interacting any right or wrong is only some human convention you think it's right or you think it's wrong but in the ultimate picture it doesn't matter whether you abort a baby or pick a flower in the trimester so uh, <laughs> it, that's a very unappealing but well maybe unappealing but it's true no it's not true that that's how some people in materialistic perspective would, would, would say but my point is just as there's no right or wrong in that world if you thing to do there's no right or wrong by extension thought either you follow me so it's hard to be a rationalist in the true sense of the word and 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 insist on the virtues of reason when your philosophy gives no power to reason whatsoever to weigh in on what's what's true you understand so we're we're a reasonable bunch reasonably speaking how do we get there <laughs> Right, so so Bhakti Vinodhapa was in a, at the time prior to Bhakti Vinodhapa, then the Copernican perspective came to India, and India, as I said, was preoccupied with what we were just talking about. Who's in there? Who's asking the question? The question being, what's out there? I like to think this this is what life's about. What's out there, and who's asking the question? The latter being more important. By understanding that then we can properly understand what's out there. If we go the other way around, well, that's the problem in the modern world today. So the, therefore the perspective of what's out there was not, in my opinion, inaccurate within the Hindu Puranic uh, perspective. 
but I'm speaking here only in a broad sense, what was out there, what is Maya, hmm? right? That which, that which, uh, that which is not. Um, the, the, the effort to, to measure, is which my means to measure, which you can't do, you can't bring it within your, your, the, the grip of, of your, your intellect. Uh, it's something, an influence to transcend that's covering the beauty of the self and, and so on and so forth. Whereas details about where things are and whether the sun's moving this way and that, well, you know, that, yeah, it could be this way, it could be that way. That, that's not a real focus in the Puranic texts when and to the extent to which they are speaking about what's out there. Those are details. And therefore you can find in different Puranas even different uh, details about such. So anyway, that came to the world even at the time of the, of the Goswamis as evidence to this effect. And some of the traditionalists tried to answer the, uh, the Copernican arguments by insisting on details within the Puranas. Uh, some tried to modify them, some converted over, but the, it said, uh, uh, it's well documented that, that the Vrindavan Goswamis, now I don't, what was the date of the Copernican revolution? Does anyone know? I can't remember. Vrindavan Goswamis, of course, are the uh, uh, 16th uh, century, right? Yeah, so it may not have been, maybe the second generation, which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was called, but the, the mission was strong in Vrindavan uh, and so forth. They ignored the whole thing. They ignored the whole thing. At least amongst Rup, Sanatana, Jiva Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, they were too busy to give a thought to the Copernican revolution because they were involved not in whether the planets move around the earth or around the sun, or even neither were they concerned with the fact, the notion that the world itself, which is out there, is moving around the Atma, an Atma-centric they weren't even concerned with that. Hmm. The Rupa Goswami says, uh, what, what does he say? Knowledge uh, about the Atma hmm, uh, is not uh, uh, in and of itself an Anga Bhakti, Gyan Bhairagya. No, not there. You're not Angas of Bhakti, Bhairagya knowledge, these, uh, they will come about within bhakti. They're not means to bhakti. Whereas the Gyan school, Bhairagya and knowledge of Atmas, oneness with Brahman, these are central hmm, limbs of the practice of Gyan. They're not, of course, Prabhupada emphasized, you're not the body over and over again, but you can see the difference in the time in which the Goswamis were living in the culture and the one in which Prabhupada was um, experiencing in, in, in his time and the need to make that kind of emphasis. But also he did so in the context of bhakti. Hmm? In other words, what I'm saying is the Goswamis, it's, 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 it's one thing and it's head spinning for many to say at the time that the world is not 
revolving around the earth, it's moving around the sun. What were the implications of this? Cut off his head. <laughs> he made my head spin. So give him the guillotine. Uh, uh, but then to take it a step further and say, wait a minute, the whole world is moving around the Atma. That's like, oh my God, where are we going with this? Then to say, well, let's be a little more clear. The world's moving around Narayan. Now suddenly that, that, that which everything is going around is not just consciousness as we are speaking about earlier, but has a form. Well, it seems to be going backwards. Forms are limiting <laughs> and uh, temporary and so forth. Now there's a form within consciousness. Uh, of course, as I like to say, from Brahman to Narayan, from um, uh, Brahma Jyoti, Brahma Sayuja to, to the Mukti in, in Vaikuntha is becoming is 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 to move towards greater accommodation rather than less because it amounts to a further development in an intensification of affection affection makes the place big you follow hmm? affection makes it big hmm? you can live in a small place but if there's love there there's no need to go anywhere else hmm? Uh, so you, you could live in a cave with, 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 with one, one other significant other hmm? if there's love. Hmm? Shaitanya Mahaprabhu lived in a small stone hut. Have you ever been there? To the Gambira? Gambira, it means deep. There's a deep. It doesn't look very deep to me. <laughs> it's only about eight feet long and about six feet wide, something like that. It's very small. You know, very deep. what came out of that? Huh? Yeah, from there his ecstasy overflowed, even to the amazement of his own associates finding him, have somehow he melted him under the door. What can we say? Found him in the sea, on the beach, caught in the fisherman's net, in the ecstasy. So to move from the world is moving around consciousness, and consciousness is a person. That's a, a big move. Then to say to move from Narayan to Krishna. Oh, wait, wait a minute. That looks backwards. Narayan is obviously God. He's got four arms. Krishna is human like. He's got so many problems. He is charming, that's true. But um, his human likeness may bring doubts as to his divinity, right? So that's a leg up as well. And then finally, to say that the world is not moving around Krishna, but Krishna is moving around. The world is moving around Krishna, but Krishna is moving around Radha. Oh my God. So they didn't have time to deal with the Copernican perspective. They were busy with something else that's quite head spinning. And we were fortunate that they were so preoccupied. And But by the time of, of the seventh Goswami, if you will, Bhakti Murataka, well, modernity in all of its force and conviction had appeared at his doorstep in where their headquarters were in India, in, in Calcutta. And so he couldn't ignore it. And so, and he did, he took it on. 
if you, and this was his vision. We'll take Gaudiya Vaishnav idea and we'll make it, you know, uh, let the people see all, all that it really is, uh, put it on the, the main stage. It's a huge, um, just the thought of that, how consuming that, that, that is. And he was very much consumed by it. And as Bhutapashita Maharaj used to like to say, vision came in him. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati probably gave shape to that. Bhakti Vedanta Swami thought that took it all over the world. Here we are. Bhakti Vinod Paribar Kijai. So we have reason to refer to it as, as such. And Prabhupada himself said, my movement is the movement of, of Bhakti Vinod. And I, I, I think that Pujapat Sridharmarsh put it very nicely. It's not to diminish anything. Obviously, the thought came in Bhakti, Bhakti Vinod. That's huge. Then it was given shape by Bhakti Siddhanta. That's huge. Then take it all over the world. It's not taking away anything from anyone, but um, I think we would be wise then to follow uh, Prabhupada's own conviction in this regard. And we do, as a Sangha, refer to ourselves as members of the Bhakti Vinod Paribar, Bhakti Vinod Paribar, Jai. And he had as his place of Bhajan uh, Godrum, first at Surabhi Kunj and then at uh, Swanama Subhadra Kunj. And it's an interesting, it it's interesting, the two of them. He, he thought of, envisioned Swananda Subhadra Kunja as the Kunja of Lalita Saki in Braj, manifest in Navadweep, in Godrum, which he identified with Nandagram. Now, if you go to Nandagram in Braj, you're not going to find the Lita Kunj in the underground. Right? It'll be found in and around uh, Radha Kund. So, uh, did Bhagavad Gita get it wrong here? Someone might question. But no one has uh, envisioned more clearly let us say to to, to uh, and and along with that envisioned and along with that envision as to what Navadvip constitutes put into uh, writing no one has done that more than Bhagavad like the Goswamis revealed and excavated the places of Krishna's pastimes in Braj commissioned having been commissioned to do so by Chaitanya uh, Mahaprabhu himself. And they said, here is the Lita Kund. Here is Shamku. Here is Radhakun. Here is Nandagram. Here is Barsan. I mean, some of those things were there, but they filled in so many details, right? And their vision was such that kings and queens wanted to patronize their vision and build gods and monuments and temples there and so on and so forth. So that their conviction and their vision was compelling hmm, to the ruling uh, community in, in no small measure. Hmm. Their bhava, in other words, hmm, as they were experiencing something that the kings and queens weren't, but they felt, let's, be, let's get our place there. And, uh, and, and maybe we will also have the vision of what Vrindavan really is. Hmm. Because it doesn't look to the naked eye hmm, the same way 
that it looks through the meditative eye, the meditatively controlled uh, 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 samadhi mind of uh, the Goswamis, in this case, of Bhakti Thakur. In that, in meditation, you will see things that other people don't see. In meditation, in the mind absorbed, the deity will speak to you, but no one else will hear. Mm. Or he could speak and everybody hear. You could do that too, but, <laughs> but uh, uh, Brahma, the whole of the Bhagavatam in four verses, heard it. No one else could hear it. You could argue, well, no one else was there, but <laughs> it was antardarshan, internally. Hmm? Krishna manifest. Krishna manifest, spoke to him, shook his hand, blessed him. All these events were going on. And if you were sitting next to Brahma, you might think he fell asleep <laughs> with all four heads. If he weren't also weeping, right? Uh, so, with the meditative mind hmm, focused on Navadvip, like the Goswamis were focused on Vrindavan, Bhakti Thakur wrote books like Navadvip Mahatmya, hmm, Navadvip Bhavataranga, and so forth. You could say, oh, no, this guy came there at that time. How did he get there? And how can this be happening here? You can look at it like this and, and, and have some doubts about. Uh, but we know it's broken, call it fictitious, but this is, this is not to reflect upon the, the vision out of which, for example, as I mentioned earlier, the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was Shundari. Everything in Navadvita Mahatma follows that. It's an extraordinary vision. And I don't know of anyone who has written so extensively and shared whether they had it, but it had shared that vision with the public uh, as to what's going on in Navadvip. And the fact that Lita Kund, Kunja is in Godrum, which is Nandagram, is answered by the fact that the whole Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is turning Krishna upside down, inside out. When he manifests in Navadvip, the Rasika Shekhar, the chief of Rasa, the supreme object of enjoyment as a bhakta, and, and and eventually as a as a renunciate, this is like what? That's what. Nityananda broke the danda. What is this? Carrying a danda? Just Rasika Sheka? Well, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so seeing him in that light in the moment, he broke broke the danda. Of course, on the way to Puri. So the point is that. The places of Braj, Braj, Navadweep, right? And Vrindavan, they're one and the same, right? They're one and different. Prabhupada used to say, my place of worship is Navadweep and my home is Vrindavan. 
it means the sadhana and the sadhya, the practice and the goal are one. They're not different. What you practice, that will you will, you will attain. But it might look a little different. You will practice it here, but how it would look in perfection, a little different. So there's a difference between Gora Leela and the Christian Leela, even though it's the same person, right? It's another Leela. And everything is turned around. And the whole world of Krishna is spinning in Gora Leela. And his associates, too, who come to the conclusion at some point that with a flash and epiphany that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu must be Krishna. I mean, he's giving praying of Krishna. We could call him an avatar, but only Krishna can give Krishna prem. No avatar has prema madhurya, lila madhurya, hmm? but he has it. He's giving it, so he must be Krishna. But then they would say, "But if he was Krishna, he would be with his associates because there's no meaning to Krishna without Radha, without Nanda, without Sri hmm? You can't have the object of love." without the love that those devotees personify. This is Veda right? So then they might have a doubt. Well, we thought he was Krishna, but how could he be? Because we're his associates. And then they would see, it's us. We're his associates. No, that can't be. <laughs> and then they would go in and out, Gaur Leela and Krishna Leela. Very extraordinary. So everything, everyone's head is spinning there. Is, this is called Sadhana Siddha Bhumi. Hmm? Bhumi, the land where Siddhas are in the dramatic role as Sadhakas, doing Sadhana. Hmm? So the point is that places landed in different places. <laughs> it's, it's part of the confusion of it all. So Godrum's over here. Radhaklam's over here, but Lithaklam's over here. And, and this is what Bhakti Nautaka has shown. We trust in his vision. Hmm? But the two places, Swaranda Sukhada Kunja and Surabi Kunja. Swaranda Sukhada Kunja, as the latest Kunja, obviously has a, 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 a concerted focus on, um, the, uh, on Madhurya Rasa. Hmm? Surabi Kunj in Godrum. On the other hand, arguably has an emphasis more on Sakyarasa. The whole of Godrum. Godrum means cow tree. Cow tree. <laughs> so, uh, as Bhaktivinoda Thakur explained, after the Govardhan Leela, when Brahma, Indra went to Brahma and said, I think I made a mistake. I thought he was just a human. Turns out, looks like it's Bhagawan, and I wanted to kill his cows. And Brahma said, oh, man, "Don't talk to me." Uh, I, I I tried to steal his friends and his calves, and uh, and so go to Sarabi. He said, "The celestial cow, maybe she, you know, she'll have a, an inroad for you." So he went, and she said, "We'll be to go there and." And then the gods came along as well. And um, of course, uh, ultimately, Krishna was bathed by the Surabi uh, and, uh, and uh, 
and crowned by Indra as Upendra or Govinda. His name is Indra, he is Upendra, the king of Indra, the king of the gods, right? The god of gods, Govinda. And Govinda Kund was made there. Um, so the, that Surabi and Indra and company is thought to have gone from there after Krishna accepted the gifts of the gods, crown and ornaments, vestments and, and things. And, uh, and they flew away and he was then surrounded by his friends who had stepped away from for the moment to deal with the gods who were watching him from a little bit of a distance. And upon approaching him said, oh, give me that crown. They put it on, and then and, and, and so on and so forth, and and the gods flew away, looking back at them, thinking, "Oh my God, who are these people that they can relate with him in such so intimately?" So where did they go? They went to Navadweep, Surabi and company, and there under a big banyan tree, she said to have to reside in 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 Gorlila. So a little bit of a stretch, but had a little connection with the Sakiras Leelas that they witnessed. And that Surabi as a celestial cow wished she could be a cow in Krishna's herd. It's said to be a celestial realm, cows that is different from from Golok itself. If you will. And it's in Surabi Kunj that in his other song, as I mentioned, Bhaktivinoda Thakur has said that uh, Nityananda Prabhu set up a marketplace for marketing the holy name for the cost of one's faith. Shadavan Janohe, he says here, Shadavan Janohe. Oh, faithful people, listen, take shelter of the holy name as it's given by, by Nityananda Prabhu so readily, so freely, such a rare thing. Hmm? Um, Bhaktivinoda said, we should, Nadia Godruna, should live in, in Nadia and in Nadia within a Godroom. What he saw there, this is Chintamani Dam. Chintamani Prakara Sadmasu. It is a Sadmasu, it is an, a place, an abode of, 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 of thought gems. Chintamani, it means thought gems. It means, it's a realm where things happen by thought without effort. They manifest without effort only by satyasankhap, only by liberated will, which is under the influence of sarup shakti, that exists only for the pleasure of Krishna and those whose will is tied to that will only for the pleasure of Krishna and things manifest there. Hmm? It's called Chintamani Dham, Chintamani Prakara, Prakara, made out of constructed boats, constructed out of thoughts. I mean, everything, as like you said earlier, comes out of thoughts, right? Even in the material world. But here there's effort, also a lot of effort. And it may not happen exactly as you thought. <laughs> it might happen quite differently, the opposite. But there, the thoughts all come true. In a land where, citing Judy Garland, what did she say? 
where you dare, where you dare, where the dreams that you dare to dream really do come true. Mm -hmm. Things somewhere over the rainbow. <laughs> That's where you'll find him. <laughs> and it's not, it's more than a pot of gold. It's the Premadhan, wealth of Prem is found there. Mm -hmm. It's a peculiar thing, the Dham, the idea. When we speak about eternity, we speak about the absence of past, future, and really the present, which is made up of the past, and is preoccupied with the future, largely. Um, but that's a very static kind of idea at the same time, eternity. But there can be nothing new, otherwise how could it be eternal, right? But the peculiarity of Gaudiya Vaishnavism is, is that it has an eternity that is uh, somehow beyond the past, present, and future, but at the same time is constantly nourishing itself and growing. Hmm. Now, it may sound a little peculiar and different, for example, than the, the Brahma Jyoti, which is rather static in comparison, and maybe a more readily easy idea to think of in terms of eternal, eternal being. Shanti, shanti, shanti. Nothing's happening. There's no new event because it would seem to disrupt the eternity. But it's it, this is not a proper understanding of Brahman, really. And it's not that well thought about, I don't think, the implications of, but the root of the word Brahman, br, means to grow. To grow and to grow other things also, by which other things grow and itself grows. So the Gopis have got Param Brahman and Braj is growing, and therefore there's room for you. There's room for new people. <laughs> How much room? Unlimited room. This is a very interesting and esoteric concept about the nature of eternity in Gaudiya Vaishnava, which really plays out the, the implication of the word uh, Brahman, hmm? even more so than uh, Vaikuntha, although there to some extent as well. So Bhaktivinotakur from this place uh, in Godrum, hmm? it's quite likely that this song was composed there and um, and it's about, as I say, the virtues and the efficacy of Krishna Nam, which is so simple hmm, to do, chant the holy name, hmm, comparatively, that is to say, to other practices and other requirements to practice. For example, other transcendental systems like yoga, gyan, there are certain requirements that are there that, that, that must be in place besides the simple faith of the participant, for example, as taught in the Gita, Astanga Yoga, and in Patanjali, Patanjali Sutras as well, requires celibacy. Now you can make a fancy interpretation of it <laughs> in today's yoga community as they do, but what it means is celibacy. And uh, same for Gyan, that's why I say in Gyan, you can't have any friends, you gotta be alone there. Yoga too, you gotta be alone. Vairagya, for example, detachment is an anga of jnana. 
what is the corresponding, if you will, anga of bhakti? It's sangha, the opposite, attachment. By attachment, we will grow. Attachment for devotees, attachment for Krishna, right? Rather than detachment from everything. There's something positive to be attached to. So uh, simply for one's faith, of course, faith is everything that you are. As the Krishna says in the Gita, a person, uh, what does he say? Um, a person is their faith, his or her faith. That's what animates our life. When, when faith is suspended, then our animation is suspended. We have doubt. We're not sure how we can proceed. See, Vrindavan is just free movement, free movement. Like when you're home and it's just a young child and the mother, you know, loves you. And so whatever she says, you, you feel protected. You don't have to worry about protecting yourself. Something like that. Just free from any worry of protection. Just play. Leela, this term is most appropriately, most appropriately applies to what we find in Goloka. Even more than Vaikuntha, Dwarka, Mathura, Ayodhya <clears throat> would speak of this world. Um, Pujapachita Maharaj used to refer to Vaikuntha as planets of faith. Right? Here we live in the planet of doubt, no doubt. Uh, and so our animation is suspended to some extent, right? We're not free to, to be all that we feel we could be. We see, as I sometimes say, birds flying high in the sky and fish, whales diving deep in the ocean. We want to do the same thing. We think we could do that. Why not? Because the Atma has such capacity. But instead, we build an airplane. And it's a very poor, very poor imitation of a bird. <laughs> what are the aerodynamics of the bird? The simplest bird, right? Is make a plane look extremely primitive. While well, we think it's so advanced, it's imitating any any bird is 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 is, is uh, far far beyond in their capacity to navigate the skies, if you will, and the fish compared to the, the submarine was very crude. So these are very crude attempts to realize what we sense is our potential, which it constitutes the, itself, the Atma coming to the fore. What is, its, what is its potential? And of course, the way to experience that, if we take, we don't really see with our eyes, we see with our mind, right? We don't hear with our ears, we hear with our mind. I'm speaking about materially. Because if we're in a room and we see something on the wall, but our mind is somewhere else, when we go out and our friend who saw something on the wall and whose mind was connected with his eyes, said, did you see that painting? He said, no, I saw you looking at it. No, I didn't see it. I didn't hear it. So if the mind is connected with the senses that are connected with the sense object, then we can experience it. So if the senses are turned inward, 
basic idea of yoga. And the mind follows. Then we can see that with our mind's eye. Wow, what is what is what a what are the prospects? It makes the whole world and the prospect of freedom to travel all over the world, experience everything. We're all the what do they call it, the, the bucket uh, desires or something. All your ambitions just seem just 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 so pale, meaningless in comparison. Just just the what is the self? What speak of its prospect? Then yeah, the, the fullness of its prospect in bhakti. So uh, and and this realizable by the holy name, who sometimes described enters the heart as a sweeper first just to sweep away the dust all as i've said many times the multinational corporations have manifest in the heart with their neon signs and and their ways of knowing what you're thinking about and what you want and the ad just happens to come up on your screen the screen of you that they have so expert at capturing our attention, what competition the holy name has. Mm-hmm. And he comes as a sweeper. Oh, sweep. Well, sweep if you have to sweep, but I got things to do here. Mm-hmm. But it's a magic broom. He's selling them. Take one, sweep, little see. And then the light of the self, just a little light of the self, oh, it makes everything else go dim. Mm-hmm. All the prospects. Mm-hmm. See meaningless in comparison. Their meaning for that matter only derives from the extent to which we invest ourselves in them. Matter has has no, no meaning without the self. If it mattered independently of the self, who, who, would, who would it matter to? <laughs> who would know about it, right? These are points that I've raised a number of times, but worth, uh, worth repeating. Now, that said, we're talking about a high ideal, the means being Namsan Kirtan, which has been exported from there, Volokaru Premodhan, Hari Namsan Kirtan. But in the end here, in Bhagavad talk or caution, just we should do this, we should be careful to avoid offense in doing this, don't commit the sin of the soul, and offend Bhakti, Bhaktas, Bhagwan. Um, <clears throat> but Give your whole life to Krishna Nam. And in the context of that also, show kindness to others. Jibadoi. Krishna Nam, Jibadoi. Sarva Dharma Sar. Now, my Guru Maharaj often, in a very black and white way, which is characteristic of him and for good reason distinguished between material welfare and parupakar, the transcendental welfare of distributing uh, Krishnanam. He didn't uh, want his disciples opening hospitals and uh, attending to other such uh, acts of uh, kindness, if you will, 
in a worldly sense, but to uh, absorb themselves in Krishna Bhakti. And he made a kind of a wedge between the two. Now he did this for good, for good reason, because there is a difference between the two. But at the same time, you have to understand his strategy and you have to know him a little more closely hmm, to uh, understand how, what is the gray. Hmm? And there has to be, if Jiva Doya, kindness to other beings, is the essence of Dharma along with Krishna Nam, we could say, does that mean that Krishna Nam and teaching people about Krishna Nam is Jiva Doya? helping them in any other way that is maya now some people interpret it like that but that's not what bhakti Thakur is saying and that's not the the uh world view that my guru Maharaj embraced even when he made this kind of emphasis which he did often um given the territory that he was uh, given to um uh, uh, carry out the um, ambitions, the, the vision of Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvati extended in, in, in the vision of, of, of Bhaktisiddhanta and Bhaktisiddhanta hmm? um, uh, At the time of Prabhupada's campaign, there were others from India. Uh, um, uh, prior to him, Paramahansa Yogananda, there was Muktananda at his time. And, uh, a bunch of others, and they tended to be more more gray within this context of their own traditions than Prabhupada, who was more black and white. But the black and white of Prabhupada was such that it got people really engaged and got them experience. Prabhupada told Dr. Kapoor once, who told me this, another godbrother of Prabhupada, that he was concerned, the doctor, Adikeshava Das, that the prophet's disciples were so attached to him and whatever he said, that they wouldn't listen to anybody else, but other people had some things to say also that would be good for them, including the doctor, the good doctor himself. And so he, he told Prabhupada that, you know, what's gonna happen after you leave? Your disciples are, you know, so like whatever you say is just, you know, only thing and they won't listen to anybody else and probably no, no, it's like this that if you plant a tree hmm, then you have to put a fence around it to protect it because deer may come and eat the fruit tree or but if it's watered and nourished it will grow and in, in its own way it will overflow the fence naturally in due course so that was it. so from that you can understand a little bit about the way in which he, he preached. Let's look specifically at the example uh, uh, as an example with regard to the, the topic uh, at hand, Jiva Daya. Hmm? One of my godbrothers was standing on a veranda with Prabhupada in the rented house that we had at the time in Calcutta that was the temple. And Prabhupada was standing there and below in the street were a couple of beggars one with his hand cut off and uh, and the disciple turned to Prabhupada and said Prabhupada you know sometimes I I feel sorry for these people as if to say I know it's Maya 
And it's just their karma. And I shouldn't feel sorry for them. But such is my material conditioning. What can I do? Something like that. It was, you could feel when he told the story what was behind it. And Prabhupada turned to him and said, he had said, sometimes I feel sorry for them. And Prabhupada turned to him and said, why only sometimes? I've been in the car with Prabhupada um, when the stoplight in, in Delhi hmm, causes the traffic to stop and a beggar would come to the door. Prabhupada would say, ask, give some rupees to them. Hmm? And there was, that's Krishna's money. Why are we giving it to the beggar? You know, so <laughs> Prabhupada was, uh, was, was more than what he said sometimes, which he said for a particular purpose to make the hard line and distinguish one from the other even while in this case what we're talking about krishna nam and angas of krishna bhakti although they're different from helping ordinary people we don't find helping ordinary people is one of the angas of bhakti hmm? but it is nonetheless an outgrowth of bhakti hmm? to feel kindness for all beings. What do we say about the Vaishnava? Vaishnava? Kripambuddhi, but I was thinking of the other one. Vancha kalpa tarubhyasya kripa sindhu vyevacha. They're said to be, the devotees, the uh, manifestation of Krishna's kripa shakti, who have experience of the suffering of the world and therefore are in a in the best position to express empathy for others that suffer having experienced it themselves it's mentioned in the bhagavatam in the third canto kapila is speaking to his mother there about bhakti and he says about temple worship that worship of the deity, three or four verses, maybe five verses, that worship of the deity hmm, that doesn't uh, acknowledge uh, the plight of other people, uh, show kindness to other people, uh, respect other people, hmm, instead of just calling them demons, karmis. Hmm, they're demons, they're karmis. They're helping karmis. Mm -hmm. And they're really demons too. Whether they're Ukrainians or Russians, they're both demons. They eat meat. And there you're, you're helping them. You're giving them a house. This kind of thinking that poor Namarasana got these kind of reactions from some uh, uh, quote unquote devotees. These are Sabakta uh, Prakita. Uh, Smrita, at best, as the Bhagavatam says, materialistic devotees. It's kind of an oxymoron, right? materialistic devotees. They like the deity, but they don't see the universality of the deity. They like the deity in the temple, and they go in the temple, and they act a certain way, and when they come out of the temple, they act differently. Because they have not worshipped the deity sufficiently to see the universality of the deity and act, which is the whole purpose of the temple. Hmm? That upon visiting the temple, 
and having the experience that it affords, if one applies oneself, one walk out and see the deity everywhere. And what to speak of in every one, every other animate being. Now Krishna wears the Kastuba Mani, the jewel Kastuba Mani, and it's mentioned in the, in the Bhagavatam itself. Some big call somebody. Uh, the Kastuba Mani that he wears close to his heart represents all jivas. So he has some feeling for all jivas. His compassion particularly manifests in relation to his devotees who are his compassion personified and extended then to all the jivas. Obviously by giving them bhakti, but also um, but when, if the occasion arises, the opportunity arises in other ways um, within their means. A good example, probably the best example we can draw is that of um, the patron saint of Prabhupada's family. Do you know who that is? Udharandatta Thakur. Udharandatta Thakur, Patita Patita Pavana, Udharandatta Thakur. He's called Patita Patita Pavana, not just Patita Pavana. <laughs> <laughs> he was the right-hand man of Nityananda Prabhu for his campaign in Saptagram, seven basic uh, villages in uh, uh, what would be today in uh, West Bengal that Nityananda um, Prabhu started his campaign. It sometimes said that he appeared in the world for the mercantile class of Saptagram. It was a class of people, um, mercantile class of a Vaishya community that had been disenfranchised religiously and socially to the extent to which they were as much of a pariah for the Hindu Orthodox Varnashram community as was a Haridas, an outcast. So they were in a difficult speaking, difficult materially speaking situation. Nothing to do with their spirituality, right? They were nominally Vaishnavas in name, but not in, 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 in essence and practices as we emphasize and, 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 and so forth, practice it, hopefully. They were gold merchants, largely. At that time, the, 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 there was a lot of commerce, uh, even from Europe, that touched those shores. Um, of course, a great drought came and then made it impossible for the um, boats to dock there and so forth, but it was a wealthy, mercantile community, but they've been disenfranchised from the religious and social community um, by some doings of the king at the time. Um, and so they were in a difficult material situation. And Nityananda Prabhu ministered to them, not only spiritually turning their Vaishnavism into substantial Vaishnavism, but also in terms, along with uh, in terms of their uh, social plight. I mean, he gave them one ritual, Namsan Kirtan, 
to replace all the rituals of Barnashram that they had been excluded from. And he convinced them this was sufficient. Hmm? Just Krishna, just Krishna Sankirtan. Hmm? Um, but in Nityananda Prabhu, we, we find a certain focus in the outreach. And in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we find a certain focus, a different. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as a sannyasin, he had a focus of preaching to the educated people, hmm? the Prakasananda Saraswatis, the Sarvabhoma Bhattacharyas, the Venkata Bhattas of the Ramanuja Sampradaya. And so these were very educated Brahmins. Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was a Brahmin and a sannyasin. Hmm? This was his focus. Nidhananda Prabhu, everybody else, the common people. Hmm? So what you find in Nidhananda Prabhu's campaign is more of a, 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 a shades of what I would call Vaishnav um, social activism. Hmm? Lifting up the people hmm? from uh, their social condition, which was uh, difficult, put them in, in difficulty. Hmm? During the famine, huge famine, Udarnath Thakur, who was a wealthy merchant, turned 10 acres of land into a kitchen. There's a name for it, I forget, but, uh, and, and there he provided food for, uh, you know, ongoing. And then he took other land that he owned and built houses on it for people. What's he doing? Building houses. They, they, at this time, they were they, their their situation during the drought and the famine could be compared to the refugees coming from Ukraine. Where are we going to get food? Where he built houses for them. Very overtly was involved in uh, tendering to and compassionately their material uh, welfare well-being. So there's the side of this that we find in Nityananda Prabhu's outreach, which endears him so much to the common uh, people. This is the characteristic of Nityananda Prabhu. Hmm? The, the wideness, the breadth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission in terms of its outreach, touching people, um, and so forth. This uh, side of him, that is manifest through Nityananda Prabhu, because where he could not go, hmm? This is where Nityananda Prabhu went. And he was restricted by his sannyas and the etiquette that followed it, that accompanied it, where he could go, where he could be seen and so forth. And a lot of people uh, lived outside of that, uh, if you will. This was Nityananda Prabhu's field. And in the context of that, he, he well, he democratized. He, you know, he, he, he um, was militant. In his preaching against sexism, against caste, uh, 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 boundaries, and so on and so forth. He leveled the playing field for everyone. And his followers, Udarnath uh, Thakur being a good example, even more overtly involved in uh, this kind of uh, um, kindness to other living beings, which which he didn't go after. It's not that we, but we leave Krishna Bhakti and go, you know, join some uh, cause 
in the world in the name of bhakti, but if in the context of bhakti, wherein the full face of compassion can be found, we have opportunity at the same time to participate in the shadow of compassion. Probably you say, well, helping a drowning person, uh, what, what do you say, giving, uh, saving the clothes of a drowning person doesn't play. So you may help them materially, but if you don't bring them out of the, the, the well of they're drowning in a material existence, how much have you helped them? That's true. But if you can do both, well, that's better. And you'll certainly endear yourself uh, to them. Um, and this we find in very much in the work of, uh, for example, Udarnita Thakur, the patron saint of Prabhupada's family. And back to the Bhagavatam, of course, it says, I'm quoting from Kapiladev, that worship of the deity hmm, that does not respect other people and see every being as a temple of God where God is residing. Now, how we, how, how, what is the Bhagavatam saying to us? If you worship the deity in the temple, but as a result of worshiping the deity in the temple or in the context of doing so, you don't see every living being as a temple in which God resides. If you don't treat people, you treat the temple. Then your worship of me is like throwing ashes on the fire. Only it's useless. Krishna says in the Gita that I am the fire of digestion. So you should think: if you see anyone hungry. Krishna is hungry. That is Bhairi Bhakti Vinu Udesk. When you see a person is hungry, the cat is hungry, the dog is hungry. They're giving so much pain to see, oh, they're hungry. We have cats and dogs and cows and peacocks and things. They're hungry then. Did you feed the cats? I'm always asking. I'll do it. So the... This is, uh, anyone hungry? We would think Krishna is hungry. He's the fire of the digestion. We have to, in this way, see the universality of the deity. We have to come to see, this is Krishna consciousness, the holistic thing. See, that, that tree has to grow up and over, like I said earlier, giving proper example, grow over the, the fence. You know, to be a real human being, to be a devotee. So we should see that in the context of our practice of Krishna consciousness, we're actually becoming better human beings. Frame will come too, <laughs> but that will take some time. Manushyanam sahasreshu kaschin yatati sidhari yatatam apisidhanam kaschin maam beti tatvata. You should not forget this verse. Don't think it will happen overnight. It won't happen overnight. But if you've heard about this idea, you're associated with people who have some real connection with this, like our Bhakti Yuna Parivar, then it's worth pursuing. Having the ideal, just having the ideal in itself is, is, is so noble. Settle for nothing less. It may take long, it will take some time. Sometimes I'm asked, Maharaj, is it possible to go back to God in one life? What do I say? 
In one life, yes. But which one? In the one where you stop thinking, when will I go back to Godhead? Because you're so absorbed in bhakti. You forgot about that. Or when you think, in this life I have gone. Because in this life, Krishna Mata, Krishna Pita, Krishna Dana Pran, as Bhakti knows. Krishna is my mother, Krishna is my father, Krishna is my wealth, everything, my life breath. Give everything to Krishna doesn't mean to neglect everybody else, right? To dismiss everybody else, to not show kindness to others. And there's a very prominent manifestation in religion in the world today, cross culturally, whether it be the Russian branch of Catholicism or the papal uh, Catholicism of Rome or the many branches of Christianity or um, Islam, Hinduism also we find this fundamentalist kind of orientation that is very divisive and is absent of just basic compassion for the, for the human condition and these struggles of individuals that we should relate to. You struggle with your sexuality, anybody? Has anybody ever, you know? So if anybody is struggling with their sexuality, whatever it is, it's pretty similar to what we're experiencing in essence. And if someone was to deny you of it, even, that would be pretty difficult to let we find this kind of thing. The problem with homosexuality is not homosexuality, it's the phobia against it. That's the problem. That's, that's, it's just in Hinduism, in times gone by, it was just something that happened in nature. Oh, they're like that. Nobody gets uptight when people come, men come with saris on Vrindavan. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not our Siddhanta, but. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, this just, this is, this is just an example. It, it's just really lacking just basic human. How human are you to not be able to identify? This is the whole essence of yoga in the Gita. In the sixth chapter, Krishna says, those who, who identify with the sufferings of others as if they are they, their own, these are real yogis. These are the highest yogis, he says. So what I want to say is that compassion for the human condition, and, and what, what's the meaning of, I, I heard uh, from Namarasana, they're saying they're mediators. You're, you're trying to help them. You're, you're trying to help them. They're mediators. You're in Maya. Well, why do we not eat meat? Did you ever think about that? Why we don't eat it? Because we want to be kind to cows, right? And be kind. But you, 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 yes, there are humans eating meat. They're, they're in ignorance. They don't, they don't understand that. You can't be kind to them. You wouldn't be mean to them, in fact. You might as well. They're doing better than you eating meat, <laughs> perhaps, if, if they have some, uh, they're not divorced of this um, sense of the, the, the shared struggles of the human um, condition. 
So, uh, this should uh, this should come within us, and our bhakti, if we go, should be holistic. Granted, again, welfare for ordinary people is not an anga of bhakti, but it should be an outgrowth of bhakti, hmm? the softening of the heart. It's not that we're going to go and give up our sadhana to open a soup kitchen, but if the two meet in ways that we can help. It's true that you need to water the root of the tree in order for the tree to grow, but sometimes watering the branches helps too, if you know anything about growing um, plants, trees, and so forth. <laughs> so, and the great Bhaktivinoda Thakur has emphasized it here for us as well. So I wanted to say, um, in the midst of speaking about him and Godhum and a few words about uh, human compassion and commend Namas uh, in particular for our participation in that and, and speak publicly about the kind of um, response that negative response that, is, that she experienced coming from some quarters, which to her was uh, you know, more disconcerting than the plight of the um, um, uh, the Ukrainians who were coming to um, to you know to Poland and, and other countries for the refugees. Someone said for the refugees that uh, these people who think like this were against helping them. That was more disconcerting to her than how disconcerting it was that there was a war and this was happening. That was even more inappropriately so. So then this is a, this is like I said earlier. It's difficult now in our times to ignore the world in ways that other times it was easier to to ignore it and just practice bhakti. It's just too much in your face with a war like this that has international far-reaching implications and is far from over and what will be the outcome we don't know you're Pol a lot of polish people here well you're like closer to it than than uh, someone like myself living in the, in, the, in the united states which is which is in a terrible condition for these same reasons religious fundamentalism basically um, is rearing its ugly very ugly uh, face and uh, here we are religious people we don't want to be included in that there, that is worse than, than the non-religious hmm, perspective. Hmm. Which is worse, a thief or a counterfeiter? A thief will steal your goods, but a counterfeiter, will, you will think, oh, thank you very much, she's giving you money. <laughs> and then you'll spend it and get arrested. The counterfeiter. So the counterfeit, this is, this is, this is um, should be spoken out about, and it's in Europe and other places, like India and so forth. It's, it's, uh, it's just like we're reading the Bhagavatam. The modes of nature are moving, and sometimes the devas get the upper hand, and sometimes the, the daijas, and so on. And, and devotees react accordingly hmm, to, the, to the circumstances. I mean, the devas wanted to abort Hiranyakasipu's uh, son. You know? so, won't go into that in detail, but 
that's an interesting topic as well. What it means to do the best good in a world where there are choices, there are so many evils. We have to be thoughtful. Krishna says in, in Mahabharata that morality will not be, some people say morality is determined by what's in the scripture. And that's true, he said, but you have to take it further and add reason as well as to given the circumstances and so forth sort out what is dharma now at this point in this situation what is the most dharmic thing to do it's not just on page 108 turn in there and you'll find it it's dynamic so i thank you for taking the time to, you know, to gather here and, and participate and uh, i'm very happy to be amongst you i will be here by your kindness for a few more days and i think we'll gather here tomorrow night maybe i'll just open for questions you can ask any questions and um i know on i think it's monday or tuesday we have a festival starting tuesday and there i'm going to speak uh, uh about krishna leela i'm going to speak about krishna's kishore leela as it pertains to his uh sake rasa um, and Padmanabhas will be speaking also from the Brahmastuti or the prayers of Brahma, which I've written a short uh, commentary on. He wanna, he's been lecturing on that as he travels, so he's going to continue that, drawing on my commentary and related commentaries that I've also um, drawn from. So they'll be here tonight, Prashadam, Russians, Ukrainians alike will be welcome. And everybody else, right? Bring your dog if you like. So, any question? Yes. No, my question is about Daya. Kindness. Kindness. Sabakta, Prakta, Smita. How come? It seems like my, my observations. You say I'm wrong. Before waking up, sleeping alive, this one seems more merciful than coming up uh, on the phone. Why that happens? Why? You, ex you experience it. Like it yeah. So, why is it that people sometimes uh, become devotees, but they were kinder? In the way I'm talking about it, prior to being devotees, then after becoming devotees, he has experienced that. Hmm? I've experienced that in devotees as well. I think that the reason uh, for that is that there's um, a very inorganic kind of identification with the teachings, hmm? uh, which is in one sense inevitable. The Kanishta perspective is a real perspective that uh, one has to pass through. And without sufficient guidance ongoing over time, the Prakrita or the, or the Kanishta, same idea, the, Prakrita, the, the Kanishta perspective can um, get the upper hand if you will, and be misconstrued hmm, 
to be uh, to constitute what is the Uttama perspective or the Madhyama perspective. Um, so that's very unfortunate. And in that situation, details are misidentified with principles. And so you've got to do it exactly like this because I learned it exactly like this from my guru. Meanwhile, over here, the guru taught it a little differently. Sing this at this time. He says, you sing this at this time. Now, Bhaktivinoda says, oh, they, are, they want saragraki, but they are bharabhati. They want to be essence seekers, that's the teaching, but they're actually carrying a very heavy burden, like an ass, of preoccupation with and identification with details and externals of the tradition. They put them at odds with others who have different details. You see, we hear, we associate, we get inspired, we're drawn in and we're flexible and open to new and exciting and dynamic spiritual possibilities. But then we gravitate towards the packaging and the details of how to practice and so forth. And we move towards the fringe of what that idea is about and lose our dynamic focus with the, the essence of the tradition. So the, the, the Kanishta Adhikari needs very good association with Mandyam and Uttam Adhikari Bhaktas, particularly Madhyam Bhaktas, that um, uh, will help them pass through that stage where their heart can be harmonized with their head. Hmm? Um, you have to use the head to soften your heart. That's the whole idea. But they use the head and they become hard-hearted because we're right and everybody's wrong. And it's, this, is a, this is the basic human psychology. Hmm? Uh, a lot of us come from, you know, I mean, I don't have any education. I don't have any higher education. I was a hippie and, and uh, I did everything hippies do. You can be sure about that. And, <laughs> and, and I, I joined Prabhupada. So I, I wasn't like some college, you know, genius or something that you know, joined the mission or something. So a lot of us, you know, were, 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 were like that. And, um, and uh, lacking in, in so many ways in so many, uh, in terms of qualification, I don't know how I just went there for a minute, but, <laughs> but uh, Robert was very kind. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but at any rate, um, we, we, anyway, we, 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 you need this ongoing, so uh, you, yeah, you have to use your head, as I say, the practice, the purpose of the practice is not just, you see, one of the ways, we, well, another way to look at it, we, we, we are moving, in this world, under the influences of boga and tyag, hmm? karma and gyan. These are the two sides of the world. To joy, take the world, to give up the world. Hmm? It's both worldly focus. Bhakti is different, right? Hmm? And so when we come into bhakti, by the grace of good association, so we're inspired, but we gravitate towards our conditioning, nonetheless, 
within the framework of bhakti. So we, we end up having a, a karma type bhakti perspective or a gyan type bhakti perspective. Hmm? And you could find, uh, you know, brahmacharya, you know, <laughs> and, and, and women are in my, you know, maya, and then preaching from the pulpit like this and very, very strongly. And, uh, and it really is so much identifying with detachment as if it is a way rather than as that it is a result, natural result of bhakti. It's not an anga of bhakti. It's not a means. Hmm? Or karma, the other side, you know, if the mission doesn't have enough people, enough money, enough things going on, it must not be very important. <laughs> so, <laughs> therefore, um, yeah. one time, Mother um, Mongo complained to Krishna, you call yourself a rasika, but you are a rasika. What do you know about Rasa? You wander around in Vrindavan like this, hmm? and uh, and your senses are so easily distracted. Hmm? He's referring to Radha. Hmm? But me, now you criticize me, but I'm a Rasika. Hmm? I, 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 with my tongue, I taste the foods. With my ears, I hear the sound. And he said, if you just take one thing, you take one mango, hmm? he said. I see one mango. My mind is one focused on one thing alone. Hmm? And I taste the mango with my tongue. Um, I, I feel the softness with my tactile sense. I smell its sweetness. It goes through all of his senses. And so and, and, and I feel my belly with that. My mind becomes satisfied. How can you say I'm not a Rasika? Your mind is everywhere on so many gopis. You are, you are a Rasika. But people think that you are a Rasika, he said, because hmm, common people hmm, think like that about, you've got, a, you've got a, a lot of people gather around you, therefore common people think you're important. Hmm, right? <laughs> a lot of people want to hear from you, therefore you, you think you're very important. Then that, that's, you know, common people think you're important. Because there are 108 gopis, <laughs> you think you're important, but you're, you're not a Rasika. So, so this is, this is a, it's a fact of, of life. This is the karmic kind of perspective. If you've got a lot of followers, well, I mean, it must be, must be right. <laughs> I remember once a, I met a, a devotee after some time and he said, well, Maharaj, I heard you were in Northern California. And I said, yeah, I have a bunch from there. What are you doing? I'm riding there. I said, how many devotees? I said, three or four. And then he, then he became red. He thought, I shouldn't have asked. How embarrassing. <laughs> Nothing's going on there. <laughs> so the, the, we, we tend to have a kind of a karmic perspective or, or gyan perspective on, on bhakti. This is kind of inevitable, we need someone to help us navigate the course and, and, and push through. And again, uh, you know, we don't wanna just gather a bunch of information in our head. It's only as useful as we, that can fuel our practice and soften our heart and make us weep and cry. And, and um, you know, we can sit and be even reading and, and uh, lecturing and so forth is one thing, sitting and chanting, that's another. That's the, you know, that, then we should measure. Hmm? If you have a taste for Harinam, 
then you 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 won't have the problem, right? But it is an inevitable kind of a problem, and it's very unfortunate. It, it can be quite unbe quite unbecoming hmm? and discouraging for others. So it's a good question. I appreciate it. All right. I'm sure there might be others, but tomorrow we can ask other questions. We've sat for a long time. There must be some some prashad, right? Can we have Kirtan for a few minutes? Okay. Shri Hari Nam Prabhu Ki Jai. Shri Padavai Ki Jai. Thakur Bhakti Vinod Ki Jai. Vod Kremanandi. Vod Kremanandi.